The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. became 
the power to move from one place to the other. And, and you may be looking at me today and, and like, come on, Pastor, this is Easter. You are bringing a bicycle to church. Really? Bicycle? What has a bicycle got to do with Easter? It's simple. Because Easter is all about the power of God. Easter is all about the power of God. In fact, Easter introduces the power of God into our lives. If we have been going at two kilometers per hour, for instance, when you come in contact with the power of resurrection, it enables you to go further, faster, on somebody else's expense. Praise the name of the Lord. So, Easter, the resurrection, makes the power of God available to man. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, after resurrection, after the resurrection, when Jesus was um, resurrected from the dead, and resurrected from and he gathered the disciples together, and he was about to leave the earth physically, Jesus said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And this power has a way of moving you around. You will, you will be my witness to people everywhere. You will go from Jerusalem, throughout Judea, to, to Samaria, to the ends of the world. I mean, and in fact, it, it was so powerful that there was, there was one of the deacons, um, I think it was Stephen, that the power carried him all the way to Ethiopia, like that. And he appeared. And listen, this is not fiction. It is real. And he finished preaching in Ethiopia, and the power carried him back. Imagine, you need to be in the, in the U.S. today, and the power carries you. And you get to the U.S., guess what? You will need to go through immigration. And the power of God can literally, literally change the life of man. There's a man called Samson. The power of God literally changed a whole nation through, through Samson. So power is one of the major essence of Easter. So, so to be a Christian... And not to have the power of God is, is to be a Christian that has not experienced Easter. And Easter is, a, it's a, Easter is just another way name for resurrection, if you will, you know. And I won't argue on this, the origin of Easter. I will leave that to the uh, critics, you know. I'll just focus on Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Rick Warren, some guy, said, pastor, said, that the three days of Easter, of the Easter season, tell the story of our lives. The three days of the Easter season really tell the story of our lives. What are the three days of the Easter season? Good Friday, the Saturday, and Resurrection morning, Easter Monday. And that tells the story of our lives. If you look at your life, every time my life, my story, the story of my life can be broken down into different seasons. And the 
the, the, have everybody here will go through the Friday season, the season of pain. Good Friday is the season of, of, of rejection. Is a, is a, when you are ostracized, is the season when you are confused. Some of us are in the Friday of our lives. And you see, you need to know that Jesus understood what it is to be in Good Friday. Jesus knows what it is to be alone. He knew what it is to go through pain, even physical pain. He knew what it is to go through emotional pain and rejection. Jesus went through all that. So you and I, we, we go through the same thing. Jesus is saying, guess what? I have been there. You are not going to die there. Praise the name of the Lord. But for some of us, we, we, we've passed Friday. We, we are on the Saturday. Saturday is, is the day of doubt. It's the day of doubt. Everything is dead. All you have is the word of God. And God says, I will be a judge of children. And it's where are they? God says, he's set solitary in families. I will be married. Where is it? God says, by the wounds of Jesus, I am healed. Where is it? And, and, and Saturday is the time beyond the pain, but full of gloom. It's the time where there is silence. It's the time when waiting becomes mandatory. So we all go through the Fridays, we all go through the Saturdays, and listen, nobody's exempt. We all go through the Fridays, we all go through the Saturdays, but thank God, if you have your faith in Jesus, you are going to go through the resurrection morning. Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank God it doesn't end on Friday. Thank God it doesn't end on Saturday. Thank God there is a Sunday. So Sunday is the day of celebration, is the day of jubilation, is the day of resurrection. So you may be on, on, on the cross right now. That's the picture. You may, be, you may be spat at right now. You may be rejected right now. But take heart. Sunday is coming. You may be in a place of silence and gloom right now. Take heart. Resurrection is coming. Even for us, apart from the physical earth that we are in. What keeps us going is the fact that Jesus is coming again. This physical body will be changed. For those of us that are alive then, I don't know about you, I want to be raptured. In other words, I want to experience rapture. You know, it's good to, I mean, if Jesus tarries, you know, die in the Lord and all that, but I want to be alive so that when the trumpet sounds, I want to know how it feels. So just... Wouldn't that be awesome? And Paul says, if, if all our hope is in this world alone, that we have all men most miserable. In other words, he's saying, if, if, if all we live for is for Fridays and Saturdays, then we are in trouble. But thank God there's a Sunday. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. 
The reason Easter is repeated year after year after year is to remind us that he will not leave you in the grave. Praise the name of the Lord. He will not leave you and I in the grave. So you may be feeling the press, the pressure, and the pain. But God is doing something in you so that he can do something through you. You may be like, why am I going through so much pain and so much press and so much pressure? The good news is God is doing something in you so that he can do something through you. Your press is required for your oil to flow. Your press is required. For your wine, for the, for the juice of your life to flow. Your press is required. It's not palatable, but it is required. So, when somebody sees you and you are so, you know, anointed by God, and the person is saying, oh, you know, she's just lucky. He's just lucky. And you smile. And you're like, you don't know the scars. You don't know the pressure. You don't know the pain. But you know. President of the Lord. So the press is working something for you. So like, like a lady, Madeline Langle, said that Easter is always the answer to my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So, many people are going through that season of, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Easter is the answer. And the answer is, when you go through Friday, you are going to experience Sunday. Praise the name of the Lord. I can tell you stories upon stories of my personal life. When I've gone through Fridays, and I thought life I couldn't see any hope. I thought life was just going to be Friday. But, you know, I like to lose testimony. She said, the Holy Spirit said to her, the same way you didn't know how the lump got there, you will not know how the lump lives there. The same way you didn't control how you got to Friday, the same way, it's not in your power to control your resurrection. <laughs> but it's going to happen in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. So in Luke 24, verse, verse 5, when the woman ran to the tomb of Jesus, in Luke 24, verse 5, the, the women, they were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground. And when the men then the men, the angel, men, asked them, Why are you looking for the dead? For the living among the dead. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? I mean, I think that's just an that's just amazing, amazing statement. They came, this was where Jesus was laid, and they came to look for Jesus. 
Then the angel said to them, Why are you looking for the living among the, the dead? Now, the woman meant well. They didn't mean to insult Jesus. Praise the Lord. But you see, I have news for you today. You can just mark today's date in your diary or journal or whatever you write on. There are people, well-meaning people, that will come and look for you in the grave. But they will discover that the tomb is empty. They will discover that the place they kept you, God has resurrected you. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And, and if God will open their eyes to an angel, the angels will say to them, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And we can apply that. There's an association of jobless men. They're always reading free newspaper. You don't know that. That's the provocation of jobless men. They look for free newspaper too. Because they're looking for a job application. And they, they know they will find you at the vendor store just trying to flip through free newspaper. They say, oh, she's going to be there. Just go and check her there. But guess what? The next time they check, you are not there anymore. Because you are gainfully employed. People that are perpetually sick, they know that you are coming for your medication. But because Jesus will heal you, they will hold your subscription and they will not find you to receive it. And we can go on and on. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Because nobody expected Jesus to rise. And that is just very, very, if I was Jesus, I would feel so bad. I would feel so bad that nobody even expected me to, to rise again. Nobody. I told them, not even the woman. The woman didn't expect Jesus to rise. How do I know that? They went there with spices and with linen because it was two men that prepared Jesus' body. You know, when men prepare something, women need to come and do it well. It was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus that prepared Jesus' body the night before because it was, it was Sabbath. So the woman said, oh, these guys are coming to do it well. So they bought spices, they bought linen, they want to unwrap him and do it well, you know. So they didn't believe he was going to rise. Nobody gave Jesus a chance. Even the elders, the, 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 of course the Pharisees, that, that, that's a no-brainer. They didn't believe he would rise. They believed he would be stolen. They said, you know what, put guards there before they come and steal the body and tell us that he has risen. They didn't believe. Peter didn't believe. Even John, the beloved, did not believe. The, the apostles did not believe that Jesus would rise. How do I know? 
read John 20. When the woman told them, they said to the woman, what are you saying? You are saying nonsense. That's what the NLT says. What you are saying is nonsense. Nobody gave Jesus a chance. So why are you worried that nobody is giving you a chance? Why are you worried that nobody believes in you? Why is that your preoccupation? When God believes in you, praise the name of the Lord. When God will raise you up. And, and the beauty of this is that God doesn't need Peter's permission to raise Jesus from the dead. God doesn't need the faith of Mary to raise Jesus from the dead. God does not need the willingness of the Pharisees to raise Jesus from the dead. That means to you and I that your resurrection doesn't depend on your friend, whether they like you or whether they don't like you. What God has said, He will do. Praise the name of the Lord. What God has said, He will do. That's a good place to clap. If you want to clap, you can clap alone. That's fine. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, what guarantees that Friday, the pain of Friday, that goes through the gloom of Saturday, will become the celebration of Sunday? What guarantees that the pressure of Friday, that goes through the silence of Saturday, will change to the jubilation of Sunday. What guarantees it? What guarantees it is, is the power of God. Is the power of resurrection. What guarantees that even though I'm in Friday, I'm going to see Monday and I'm going to be rejoicing is because of the power of resurrection. Praise the name of the Lord. So you may be at the Friday season, you may be at, at the Saturday season, but because you are encountering the power of resurrection this morning, you are going to be ushered into your Monday season in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yes, you will. And this same resurrection power is available now. Is available when? Now. now, to you and I. Now, how do I know that? Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Romans 8, 11. The word of God says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to what? Your mortal bodies by the same Spirit. Everybody say, by the same Spirit. Now, now, you know, I know, don't get me wrong, I know that sometimes, not every time we can explain why some people don't get healed. I know that. But the word of God says that if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in your bodies, physical bodies, because he is, that same spirit we give life to your mortal. It is, sometimes we think that what Jesus came to do is about just about eternity. Yes, just about eternity, but guess what? It's, it's also about your physical body and your physical well-being here on earth. 
that same spirit, not another spirit, it doesn't need to remanufacture it, that same spirit will give life to your mortal body. That same spirit, that same spirit, President of the Lord, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, I mean, it, you are, now, the Christian is so powerful. Not in ourselves, but in the spirit that lives in us. And in Philippians 3.10, Paul made this profound statement that we have actually turned into a song. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable to his, unto his death. Now, what, what Paul was saying is, here is this romance. Paul wrote romance, and Paul said, That spirit, that resurrection power lives in you, lives in me. And this same Paul is saying, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's suggesting that it's something that you can grow into, it's something that you can, you can mature into, something that you can acquire, as it were. While it is in you, it has to be deployed. President of the Lord. If the power is in you and the power is insulated, if there's um, current, if there's current in this cable, let's say there's electricity in this cable, no matter how powerful the current is, because it is insulated, there's rubber in it, I can play with it and the power will deliver nothing, right? But what happens when, it, when, when it's naked? Can I try to hold it? I cannot, except I want to dance balongo. I can't. And many of us, the power is locked up and insulated and we have to desire to be unleashed. Desire to be unleashed. The same power that raised up Jesus is in you. That same power that raised up Jesus is in you. If, if, if you are going to meditate throughout this week, just meditate that same power that raised up Jesus lives in, in me. That same power. The, you know, it, it's not half of the power. It's not a little bit of the power. It's not some of the power. That same power lives in me. And so the, the power that lives in me, direction power, gives me power to live. So the, the, the first thing I begin to experience is that it gives me power to live. If that same spirit lives in me, that same spirit will empower me to live. It gives me power to live. And in living, I'm going to encounter all sorts of opposition. That same power, Jesus says, I give you power to tread upon serpents, and upon scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's power to live. It's the power to go to the village and not be afraid of the witches. It's the power. Some people say the village. You know, you know their village is, 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 is Victoria Island, you know. That's okay. But for some, for some people, their villages are filled with all sorts of people that 
don't even want to progress and they don't want anybody else to progress. But God is saying, I give you power to tread and trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies unto you. So I have the power to live. Why are you not afraid of witches? It's simple. Because greater is he that is in me. They say, oh, ah, but pastor, that girl is possessed. I'm also possessed. But I'm possessed by a stronger spirit. So why should I run from a lesser spirit? Does that even begin to make sense? Of course not. Of course not. Now, this has nothing to do with, listen, it has nothing to do with, you know that, I've taught everyone, you have to pray, you have to read your Bible, we are fasting, so I'm not saying prayer is, I mean, I'm sure you know that. But, it has nothing to do with whether you have prayed or not. Nothing. Prayer activates it, of course. But the indwelling power is potent in itself. Praise the name of the Lord. And in the power to live comes the power to love. Comes the power to love. That power that God has given you is the power to love. Romans 5.5 5. It says, and this, is the, this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Everyone that has experienced resurrection power has their heart filled with love, not hate, not envy, not bitterness, not malice. Filled with love. So, your heart is filled with love. The capacity to love is in you. And invariably, it gives us power to forgive. The power to forgive. If you find out that you can't forgive, you need to go back to the roots. Something is wrong with your connection to the resurrection power. If you find out that you struggle to forgive, to forgive for you is uh, a battle. Go back to the roots. Because it gives us power to forgive. Jesus did not say, don't offend one another. You know when I read the Bible, the Bible says forgive one another. And I was angry. I was like, why would God say forgive one another? Why can't God say don't offend one another? For God to say forgiving one another implies that people will offend you. The resurrection power does not only enable you to trample upon serpents and scorpions, also enables you to love and forgive. And this is the same power. It's the same power. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and many times, to get in contact with this God, not many times, <laughs> all the time, 
to get in contact with this God. All we need to do is believe. Only believe. Say, Pastor, is it, isn't that simplistic? Exactly. That's where God is. Only believe. And Jesus did not come to, in fact, that's what separated Jesus from, many things actually separated Jesus from all the other so-called religious leaders, I mean, people that started movements and all that stuff. Every one of them pointed people to principles, to believe in, in principles or in a higher being. Jesus taught his people to believe in himself. There's no leader of any form of religion that says to the people, believe in me. Put your faith in me. Jesus, when, when Martha came and said to Jesus, Oh, you, you have, if you have been here, my brother would, would not have died. Jesus did not say, I can explain the resurrection and the life. Jesus did not say, I can point you to the resurrection and the life. Jesus did not say, let's go and consult the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what Jesus said. Believe in me. When it was time for Jesus to be baptized and John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, John stopped what he was doing and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. He didn't say, Behold the Lamb of God that came to explain the sins of the world. The foundation of our faith is not in reason. The foundation of our faith is in believing. The foundation of our faith is not in understanding. We need to understand, but the foundation of our faith is not in understanding. The foundation of our faith is in believing. As much as understanding helps believing, it is useful. As much as, as, much as reason helps believing, it is useful. Only believe. They're going to roll a video of Thomas. We all know Thomas. Doubting Thomas. So let's have my name is Thomas, and I struggle with doubt. I followed Jesus for years. From the very first day he called me, I saw things so amazing they defied explanation. I believed. But then things fell apart. I witnessed the betrayal that led to the cruel march to Calvary and his agonizing crucifixion. I survived, but everyone I knew scattered. My world collapsed. Then came news of the empty tomb, the very first Easter. But I resisted. The image of his broken, lifeless body was still burned into my memory. I experienced his death that I couldn't believe. 
Not until I see the scars with my own eyes and touch them with my own hands, I told the others. I wasn't ready to put my trust in something again. But Jesus came to me. He knew my doubts. He even named them. But he wasn't angry. He didn't rebuke me or dismiss me. He looked at me with those familiar eyes and offered me his scarred hands inside. In that moment, I experienced his resurrection and I believed. I know firsthand it's difficult to believe in what you can't see. And yet all around you are people whose lives and stories have scars that bear witness to the meaning of Easter. Yes, these people have been wounded, but they've experienced redemption and healing through Jesus. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection were meant to rescue the doubters, the debtors, and the broken. People like you and me. He met my doubts with grace and love, and he only asked one thing of me. Believe. Only believe. As a, as a nine-year-old boy, I, I didn't know how the bicycle worked. I didn't. I didn't know the suspension, the hydraulics, if, if there was any. I, I, I didn't know the gear system, how, how it works. This has six gears. I, I didn't know the, how the brake tension and pad worked. All I knew was how to ride the bicycle. Today, I still don't fully understand how my car works. If you fully understand the mechanism and the combustion of the car engine and how it linked to the electricals, put up your hand. If you say, until I fully understand, I will not enter a car. We take the word of the manufacturer for it. All I need to do is pedal. And this bicycle will move. And once I begin to pedal, what happens? The bicycle begins to move. All I need to do is drive. And this car will move. And we just engage the gear. We don't know what happens in the transmission. And the car just begins to move. Do you know how the plane flies? You fully understand the engine before you enter the plane. We don't. It's not important. All we need to do is put our faith in the airline and in the pilot. Jesus, the maker of the heavens and the earth, is saying to you and I, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you will see the glory of the Lord. Only believe. 
Logic says to us, God doesn't make sense. But does he have to make sense? Does the bicycle have to make sense to a nine-year-old boy before he could ride and become the local champion? Does the car have to make sense before you could come to church this morning? Does the plane have to make sense before you could travel? The only thing you needed to do was knowing how to ride the bicycle. To deploy the power of God, the only thing you need to do is know how to ride the power. Only believe. Let's bow our hands. As we bow our heads. For some of us, we have been struggling with our faith in Jesus, and you're like, wow. All I need to do is just to, to believe and step out and believe. But for some of us, we've never put our faith in Jesus. We, we are close to church, but, but this whole thing has become suspect up until now. You're saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you. Or you're saying, my faith used to be in Jesus. Sound and solid, but, but I reasoned it out. I backslid because I, I couldn't understand why I had to go through so much pain. I couldn't understand why I have to endure unanswered prayers. I couldn't understand why I had to go through my Fridays and my Saturdays of, of loneliness. And I went back to the world. And I, but, but now I want to come back to Jesus. On this Easter morning, Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you. The end of those two categories, only you, wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. I need to know you are there. Put up your hand now, quickly, over your head. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over there. Everywhere. God bless you. Keep the hands up. I want to pray with you. Keep that hands up. Keep it up. God bless you at the back. God bless you at the back. God bless you over there. God bless you, my sister. I can see your hand. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. That is me. Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. My brother right there. God bless you, my brother. Keep the hands up. My brother right in front here. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. That is me. 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 I'm opening my heart to you. As a sleeping, God bless you. Right there at the back. God bless you. Keep the hand up, my sister. Keep that hand up. Keep that hand up. Keep that hand up. As you slip the card in your hand, it's okay. You can put down your hand. That's okay. That's okay. But if you don't have the card, please keep the hands up. And once you have the card and your, your hands are down, just cry to God. Just say, God, have mercy upon me. Jesus, have mercy upon me. 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 I come to you today, I believe. I believe you, Lord Jesus. I believe you, Lord Jesus. God bless you, God bless you. If you still need to make the... Pastor, can I still join? Yes, you can. Put up your hand. I'm, I'm about to pray. Can I still join? Yes, you can. Put up your hand. The rest of us, let's just talk to God. Let's, let's just draw strength from the cross of Calvary. Let's draw strength from the fact that the grave is empty. Let's draw strength from the power of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today. Lord Jesus, we ask that you breathe upon them afresh. That you change their lives totally. Change their lives totally, my Father. Let your name 
and your name alone be glorified. Reveal yourself to them. Father, we thank you. I, I believe in Jesus. I believe you are the Son of Declare it, I feel- 